You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, The Princess Thieves. Chapter 16, Hidden Identities. Robin, or the dwarf who had claimed that name, stared back at the princess, his fingers nodding and unnodding. You don't have to tell me. No, I want to. He spoke again in the voice she had heard by the pump. Rough and common, with no shred of artifice, theatricality, or affected manners. This was his real voice, she knew now. My name is Benjamin Wessex. Ben. My father was a cobbler. Made boots and shoes until his hands gave out and then just fixed them. My mother worked for a candle maker. We were shit poor. So I ran away, age nine, after I decided I couldn't be his apprentice, and I came to London. Whereupon you found some education at some point, met Oberon at some point, and and struck upon the idea of being thieves and taking the mantle of Robin Hood. Yeah, obviously. You're missing out everything important. She reached out and gently held his gloved hands, caressing the shaking fingers. I don't care a jot that you're from common stock. What I care about is that you immediately went to defend that girl, knowing they would attack you. I know you weren't trying to impress me, so why? Who are you really? Underneath all this? Ben's face darkened. No. No? No, this is too much for you. It's horrible. I don't want you focusing on it, on me. I need to get myself away from you. No, we don't have time. I want to know who the man I love is. You are? Yes, it's a fact. I know this to be true. I love Ben Wessex, or Robin, or whatever you want to call yourself. This heart, right here. My father was a monster. All right. No, not all right. You have no idea what it's like to be afraid of your own protector like that. You don't want to know about what he did to me and my sisters. What he did to my mother. It's okay. Please, I just want you to know you don't have to lie to me anymore. Or ever again. I accept whatever you had in your past. What do you have now? You used to... You used to get us in a corner. That was his way. Nowhere to run. Make us feel as small as he could and then stamp on us. Oh, God. My mother had grown used to it. Years before my older sister, Joanne, began fighting back. I think I was five and Joe was ten when she first hit him in the gut. He gave her a black eye for it, but she just kept fighting him and screaming. I was... I was guarding my baby sister, Lisa, at the time. He would let me take her away from the worst of it while my mother tried to calm him down. When Joe was 11, she tried to run away. She was going She was going to find work and get me and Lisa a place to live as well. And he caught her. He went out into the streets after her and dragged her back. Broke her nose against the wall, and I remember this. 
she turned back to him, Joe. She said he was a pathetic creature and she would never stop trying to escape from him. And she would never stop fighting him. She smiled through the blood pouring out her nose as she said those words. And I have never admired anybody more in my life. She was so strong. Stronger than me by far. All I could do when he beat me was cry and tell him I loved him. Praying that that would make him stop. Gwen was longing to hold the dwarf. Wishing she could wash these horrors away from his life. But every time she leaned towards him, he flinched. So she held back. I think he may actually have hit me harder than her for Karen. Like he respected her defiance a tiny bit more. Somewhere. I think he attributed her strength to himself. He didn't understand why it wasn't the same with me. I was... I was his disappointment. And she... was his achievement. That was... until he killed her. Oh no. Please no. Just... Just one too many times. Just the wall in her head. She just dropped that last time and the light went out of my world. Just, just gone. Now she was able to hold him. And he did not pull away. He just sank against her and continued quietly. She was twelve. I was seven, Lisa was four. I had to take Joe's place. I had to. So every time he went after Lisa, I got in the way. He pulled aside his shirt collar to show the scar of a deep cut on his shoulder. That bread knife. He pulled off his left glove and flexed his fingers. That one broke three times. That one twice. He pulled his shirt up, revealing his back which was lined with thin scars and pockmarked with tiny dents. Belt. Buckle. He let the shirt drop and gazed at her grimly. But my mother saw what was happening. I think I think it woke something up in her. She'd buried Joe, lied to our neighbours about the accident on the stairs, and now she was watching me go the same way. So when I was nine... Lisa got another black eye from the old man. He and I were going to have a proper fight for once. My mother got in the way and he broke her jaw. And that's when the fire came out of me. Oh. Oh. Now yours, it's alright, you're safe. I think. I can control it. Unless I get very, very angry. Which is why I am like I am. I have to find the black humour in even the worst of situations because that anger is down there. I can't get rid of it. I feel safe around you. That hasn't changed. I... I just thought you had to learn magics like that. Nobody told you about this. Just that male dwarves are the only ones born with the capability. It's a gift. Only some of us can. 
Only some of us are born with it, but the magic is all in controlling it. Which, of course, this being my first time, I couldn't. I still can't. Oh, God. I lashed out at him, and the fire came too. It came out of my anger. I hated him so much! But of course, I was nine. I had no control, and I burned him. I killed him. I killed my dad. I burned my mother. Our house burned down. The neighbours' houses burned down. Did your mother... She lived. So did Lisa. But I ran. I never looked back and I couldn't. And I haven't even told you the worst yet. What is the worst? I didn't feel bad. Killing my father. I felt happy. Justified. That's completely the wrong mindset for a murderer. A murderer child. It made me feel like even more of a monster. So I didn't want to be me anymore. I didn't want to be that. And then tonight... I went back there again. I'm so sorry, darling. I'm so sorry that I did that. Don't apologise. I know exactly what you were doing and why. I think I finally understand you now. Robin. Robin sighed deeply as he let the last of this out. The two of them sat together quietly, neither demanding anything of the other. The thieves downstairs left the pair alone for the night, and eventually one thing led to another in that warm, dark bedroom. And Gwendolyn made love for the first time in her life. Afterward, they lay staring out of the window at the stars, whenever the clouds parted long enough to see the actual night sky. You have been listening to The Princess Thieves, written, edited, and produced by Alex Shaw, with a full cast. The performers for this episode were Princess Gwendolyn, performed by Theo Lee, Viola, performed by Loretta Saylor, and Robin, performed by Alex Shaw. 
Ossuary, Touching Moment, and Angevin, composed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes provided by Tabletop Audio and ASMR Rooms. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. Thank mm-hmm. you.